the subconscious doesn't know the difference between real life, imagined thought, and screen time. So what the average person doesn't know, and the, the, the reason they're giving a yes when they're supposed to be saying a no, is because they don't understand that their TV was a bona fide and documented military weapon, and it's being used, and it has been used for decades to make sure there's killing on Netflix and serial killers on Netflix, slashers and raping and violence and war and invisceration and everything that the individual trauma victim saw in real life they're putting on the screen as a repetitive theme and traumatizing over and over and over again. Well, I think where I'm going to go with this, Jay, is I just kind of want to get to know you a little bit better. Sure. And I think through just doing that, wonderful things will happen. Because okay. since I've spoken to you, a lot of different things have happened I think it was kind of like at the beginning of the jabity jab where we started to talk. Yeah. Right. And exactly we covered what I said. Yeah. <laughs> and we covered a lot of, a lot of different things like uh, geoengineering chemtrails. Uh, you're a self-sabotage coach and you've been doing this for how many years now? I'd say about seven or eight now. Seven or eight years. And for someone that doesn't necessarily know what a self-sabotage coach is, what is it that you help people work through? Well, there's there's a lot of people out there that, and I used to be an exercise and nutrition coach, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have a hard time sticking to their goals. <clears throat> they think it might be about discipline or something along that line, but it actually has to do with the programs that they run inside a part of the brain called their subconscious. And if their subconscious is carrying these different programs, it's really hard for them to make headway with any goal. And the same sort of result in their life will manifest over and over and over again. And the dangerous part about these programs where you can't get anything done or make any headway, eventually you will assume there's something wrong with you that you're broken, which sort of adds to the program where you think you're sort of cursed or hexed or jinxed, and it has nothing to do with that. So a self-sabotage coach is an educator, will teach you how these programs work, where you got these disempowering programs, educate you about the process to protect you, because these programs are running around in media and in government policies as well. And if you're exposed to them, you will basically download them outside your conscious awareness. Um, you'll act them out and you just, you'll, it'll be like spinning your wheels if you're stuck in a ditch. And then we teach as self-sabotage coaches how to get people outside these programs and basically get rid of the old programs and put better ones in. And there, once you understand how this part of the brain works, it's not hard to take out old programs and put new ones in, in their place. Okay. And so what we've seen over history is kind of like just a dumbing down of humanity. So where we are... I would hope to think going through a great awakening to where there's so much information available, but there's also a lot of bad information out there. Um, I think what we saw during the pandemic is kind of like a culmination of all these evils kind of coming together uh, towards a common goal of the elites trying to move us a certain direction in a very fast period of time. So I know that you were so alarmed by everything that was going on here in Canada, you, you got out. 
And what was it that you saw that kind of sounded the alarms to where you're thinking, I just can't be here anymore? Well, basically, because I am a sort of someone who's very versed in mind control and brainwashing and behavior modification, I could not only see that the government and the media were deeply involved in a psychological operation, I would look around and the people were reacting in lockstep to the repetitive content they were taking in through the media. Mm -hmm. That's very dangerous. They they had lost the right to discern truth from lies. And every mind control modality and brainwashing modality and behavior modification modality that I ever researched was in play in early 2020, all the way through 2020. And the way the public was reacting, I could see that although it never happened, the people in charge of this psychological operation could have easily uh, orchestrated any event they wanted at that point. Mm. So the, you would, I was harking back to World War II Germany. They were like, for example, in World War II Germany, the, the Nazi party started to advertise very slowly that the Jewish people were dirty and carriers of infection. So that was that was uh, very uh, disturbing because it seems that the easiest way to infiltrate the psyche of a sort of weaker human being is to threaten on their health. Mm-hmm. And that really seems to get people up in arms. And they also said uh, during pre-World War II, II Germany, that not only were the Jewish people carriers of disease and in, infectious, that they didn't have the right to run businesses mm. because of the infection. So you saw the business closures, the disease uh, football was starting to be tossed around, and then they start marginalizing people. They're not with us. They're the other. As soon as a government or media starts colluding to say that group's the other, and this is the group that will get the protection and these people will get the whip, we know that the potential for a Holocaust situation is starting to be built. It can't be built very quickly, but it can be built. And all the factors and all the building blocks and all the Lego blocks are starting to be put together to build a Holocaust situation. And they got, they could have done it as well. And they're coming back around the bend again with the same sort of format, the same sort of plan, the same sort of structure. They're coming around the bend now with, uh, you know, climate issues. They're coming around with nitrogen's a bad thing. And because whether in World War II Germany in regards, there was work camps, there were transition camps, there were death camps, but every camp was organized in regards to starvation. That was the first sort of attack is to weaken the animal, like I said, the great weakening, so that they couldn't put up any resistance. So there was a a weakening based on withholding proper foodstuffs. So we again see the, the parallels here. They're trying to attack the farmers all around the world, mm-hmm. talking about climate, talking about nitrogen. And the average Canadian, um, for various psychological reasons, aren't really, don't have the strength. There's different ways to get 
a population to the point where they don't have the strength, but basically a large amount of Canadians don't have the sort of psychic or mental, intellectual, physical, or even financial strength to question what the government is doing. So they're getting corralled very, very quickly into this, this death spiral, like they're circling the drain. Mm -hmm. And once they take away your food and then they have the 15 minute cities, then you can see, I can see where this is going because it's right. the same group. It's the same group always organizing these things and they do wear different disguises. They weren't really Nazis. They were this old, old sort of group. And, but they did dress as Nazis in World War II. And now they're dressing as, you know, the WIF, the, the WHO, the UN. And people, this is why they wear disguises because the average person is sort of too afraid to look beyond the label. And, you know, use that biblical phrase, by their fruits, you shall know them. They're starting to shut down your food. You have to use the phrase, by their fruits, you shall know them. Right. Regardless of disguise, or you're going to be in real trouble up there. Yeah, I was marginalized incredibly uh, throughout the process of the pandemic. And I am of biracial descent. I've been really fortunate to kind of get through my entire life being light-skinned and never having to deal with much racism or, or prejudice. And go figure at the age of 44 is when I see the most prejudice of my life for making a decision that I thought was best for me. So I definitely see the marginalization. And you have spoken previously about it really doesn't matter whether or not something is true or false. It's how many times you're fed that information in regards to the brain running a script. So maybe you can just kind of uh, touch on that just a little bit to give people an idea of where we're going and why the messaging was so affecting uh, was so effective over the past couple of years. Yeah, well, that the people who rule us know we have this very loving part of the brain. It's called the subconscious, and it loves repetition. And it loves repetition for a reason, because human psychology is very simple. If you act, talk, and think like the majority, they usually like you, mm. and you're usually safer. So this part of the brain has a tabulation sort of mechanism. It's recording your whole life, everything you've ever seen, everything you ever heard and tabulates repetitive content. And it does that in relation to trying to find what the bigger herd is saying, doing or thinking. And then once it makes this tabulation, it's on a list, but it's outside your conscious awareness. It pushes that list into your behavior system and you act it out. Mm. And you act it out but you don't know you're acting it out. And the people who know us well, who study us, know that we do act it out because this tabulation system that's obsessed with repetition because it loves us, it's as automatic as our heart rate. If you vomit, if you get the like urge to throw up, you can't really push it down. There are, if I cut you, you don't have to stare at the cut and sort of give it commands. It's going to, it does, there's things in your body that it does it automatically. Your propensity to mimic, copy, emulate, and mirror the most repetitive content in your environment is a genetic protection mechanism that's as automatic as your heartbeat, unless you understand how this works. So the average person thinks I'm in control of my behavior. We've talked about this before. I mean, if you ever just go to YouTube and put in Max Major, he's a mentalist and he went on America's, America's Got Talent in the semifinal. So you put in Max Major, AGT, America's Got Talent, semifinal, and you will see he came on the stage and he was doing like 
a little bit of a video before he came on the stage and everybody had to watch it, including Howie Mandel and including the audience. And what Max Major knows is what I just told you. Right. And he riddled throughout his talk, not on his person, not on his forehead, but he put a sun symbol here at a particular time in the talk, then a sun symbol over here, then another one there, and then another one there. But they were nowhere near Max Major as he was doing his talk. And then he he had riddled six sun symbols throughout his talk. And then he says, Howie, I want you to close your eyes. Think of an image. You're on a on a street. You see a billboard in the background. You see an image. Put that image in your head. Open your eyes. Please draw that image. So, of course, Howie draws the sun. Right. And then, you know, Max Major goes over to an envelope that he drew three hours before the show started. <laughs> and it was in an envelope, turned it around. And it was a sun. He said, Howie did you draw anything like this? And how he embarrassingly turns it around. He goes, that's exactly what it was. And how yeah. he's like, how did you do that? Well, because this part of the brain is always looking to make you safe. And that's how it can be hacked because it is, it's obsessed with repetitive images and themes and pictures and colors and then it wants you to participate the participate openly in whatever's repetitive so you can bond harder with the herd so you can be safer right and that's what goes on with this repetitive you know the new normal uh, build back better mm -hmm. and all these sort of phrases stand stand apart uh, stand apart to stand together and uh, six feet apart and these were the repetitive messages over and over. And don't forget, Howie Mandel was hacked on America's Got Talent with only six repetitive sun symbols. Correct. People were hearing these phrases thousands of times, sometimes tens of thousands. You know, we, we won't get back to normal until we get a vaccine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So these things become lived out by the average person. They regurgitated at the coffee shop. They repeat it down at the bar. They they mirror and mimic it down at the, at the workplace. And they believe they're making up their reality based on their deep intellectual analysis of the situation. No one could fool them. But as Mark Twain said, um, it's easier to fool someone to convince them they've been fooled. Yeah. And this is what, this is why the repetitive messaging. And as I looked around at the people in my community reacting to the repetitive message and not questioning it, I knew this could be very well ramped up into a Holocaust situation. Okay. So I spoke with Dr. Julie Panessi, she was the ethics teacher that was fired from Western University for... Yes, I know Julie. Okay, I figured you did. And the name of our podcast that we did was Death of Our Democracy. And she talks about how every year when she started her class, uh, she would point to this photo where there was one individual that refused to do the Nazi salute. Right, and how she would ask her class every year, how many people think they would be that guy? And overwhelmingly, the hands go up saying, I wouldn't do the Nazi salute. And she says that literature, like, you know, psychology and, and the literature would point to otherwise that most people are 
are going to do that salute when under pressure they are going to conform. So knowing that, Jason, that most people are going to conform no matter what, I see a lot of anger coming from one side, especially the ones that decided against um, medical intervention. And I think it's like wearing a badge personally, that when all the cards were on the table, your back was up against the wall, that you did something that most people did not, which is saying no. So in, in your in your opinion, uh, like what is it about that person that, that said no that makes them extraordinary like what is it in their brain that triggered that just didn't trigger in the majority it's usually because they've taken their rite of passage from child to adult somewhere in the right years this is again we're not only studied in regards to what we how we behave and why we do what we do we're studied in regards to what it will take to make sure I act, think, and talk like a child long into my adult years so that I can be an adult of age. I can be of adult age. My driver's license can say my birth date. And then I'm I'm of adult age, but I don't think like one. I don't really operate like one. So there's this whole programming of people today, the Adam Sandler movies, uh, Peter Griffin on The Family Guy, Homer Simpson, Will Ferrell movies. It's all about making people act, talk, and think like children. Now, in in old in older societies, like say the Spartan society in Greece and all other successful ancient societies, there was a rite of passage initiated at 12 years old for the female and 14 for the male. Because they knew if there was a succession of that male or that female with the child traits into adulthood, it could put the entire tribe in danger. Because you cannot have adults acting, talking, and thinking like children. So there's a severing ceremony between the child self and then the new life as an adult where they're they're meant to, like they used to take, say, the adult uh, the 14-year-old male in Sparta, put them outside the city walls and say, you can't come back for a week. You're on your own. So the severing was, my mom's going to get me up. My dad's going to help me hunt. Uh, my mom's going to cook me food. I'm going to be catered to because I'm the little kid. And there's a severing where that person has to now decide when they're going to go to bed, decide how they're going to hunt, what are they going to eat, where are they going to sleep, what's essential to survive. So everything that's essential to survive has to be internalized by that 14-year-old. And throughout the week, I mean, there's a lot of gray wolves in the Spartan woods. I've actually um, swam outside the Spartan woods looking, and there was a lot of gray wolves at the time. It's a very dangerous place to operate if you're a 14 year old, but if you got through it and there's always some pain and nervousness and panic associated with the maturation process, but today they bubble wrap the kids. There's no rite of passage. The, 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 the parent actually thinks they're doing a good job by spoiling their child and giving the child everything that they never had. So there's no, there's no maturation process. So really, the person who 
is was able to say no, they were only, they were just really, although it seemed like a superpower, they were only thinking like a real adult thinks as a real adult thinks long-term five and 10 and 15 years down the road. A child is proven to think short-term five, 10, 15 days at the most down the road. So anybody who basically didn't pick any of the lies out or saw the lies and still thought it was okay to participate, they had the neurology, the, the, the neurology of an infant. And it's not, and everybody who ever ran a society know that, knew that that sort of citizen is so dangerous because they, and the tribe is at risk right now because we've broken away from these traditions where we would force the people and educate the people to say, we cannot have weak adults in our society. And there's so, there's the great weakening. There's so many weak adults out there that literally are acting, talking and thinking like children. And no one's born like that as well. And don't forget in Sparta, even if the child survived and came back after a week and made sort of a pseudo rite of passage, mm -hmm. the elders would still keep an eye on him. Yeah. And if he was weak, uh, if he was weak and came back, they would actually make uh, make that man or that teen live with the females for a month. And then if it still wouldn't jar his rehabilitation, they'd sneak into a tent and kill him. Wow. And that's wow. how serious they took tribal survival. You can see right now between the inflation, people aren't pushing back at all because of this great weakening they're of adult age, of adult size, in their adult bodies, uh, and they don't know how to flex their adult power. This is a whole separate agenda on its own. Right. What's really alarming uh, for me is they've been able to push this agenda now for a very, very long time, whether it be word of mouth, whether it be print, whether it was radio, the advent of television. Uh, and now we have these cell phones. Right. And one of the most alarming moments uh, that I remember in my life, and especially during the pandemic, is when the mask mandates uh, came into effect. And within a 48 hour time frame, went from seeing people just walking around freely to everyone had a face covering on their mouth. And I'm like, wow. And to think that we've seen a lot of the things that you speak of manifest in history without this type of technology like 1984 is here that big tv that's directing the collective is here and i guess what's most alarming as a whole is the fact that people just don't seem to realize it i don't know if people just aren't reading books anymore it's it's eerily similar i would say it's almost it's obviously it's uh, more dystopian but that time has arrived. Why are our people not cluing into that, that we're in a danger zone? Well, it has to do with the same group I'm talking about and their mastery of what's called trauma-based mind control. So trauma-based mind control is really simple. I don't like people get too caught up in this, make it too complex. So trauma-based mind control is I have two people and me. And I got the two people in front of me and I got a gun. And I say, who wants to join my political party? Both say no. I shoot one in the forehead. I say, would you like to reconsider your choice? 
the person says, absolutely, where do I sign up? Mm -hmm. That's, that's trauma-based mind control is that you get, you traumatize someone to the point where they say yes, instead of saying no, because they're afraid for their life. So it's the same thing in battered woman syndrome, where everybody's curious and wondering, why do you stay with that man? He's hit you. You know, she shows up, she's got bruises. She's wearing long sleeve shirts, you know, the movies, but this is the movies reflect this real battered woman syndrome. The friend finds the bruises all over the arm and they're saying, you got to leave them and they won't leave because they're trauma bonded toward the abuser because they think the abuser is going to find them and put another beating on them. Here's the caveat the average person doesn't know is that there was really a program called MKUltra and inside MK, and that just means mind, mind control, ultra, ultra mind control. And inside there was a subsection or a sub program called Project Monarch. Now, the reason they called it Monarch was because when a Monarch butterfly flies from Mexico to Canada, this is bizarre because I've lived in both. But when they when a monarch butterfly flies from Mexico to Canada, it actually needs three generations to get there. So there's no teaching of the destination flight path that you need to take, but somehow it's in the cellular memory. And so they call the project monarch because after a certain amount of generations, regardless of what you do to them, loving or trauma, it gets imprinted in Boston, branded into the cellular memory. So the MK uh, Project Monarch was going out and actively finding abused children who were abused by their parents. And then they asked the parents, were you abused by your parents? And they'd say yes. And then they'd find basically they get three generations of abuse victims. And then that third generation, Jay, it was imprinted into their into their cellular memory. And the only reason they're interested in mind control or abuse victims is abuse victims always say yes, regardless of what's asked of them. Wow. So okay. when they were studying these abuse victims, they would ask them like, what's going, there's like physical abuse or sexual abuse. There was like, they would kill animals in front of like, there was all kinds of very clear lines of what would really traumatize people. So this group of scientists sat down and said, we really like the compliance in this third generation monarch victim. They'll say yes to whatever we tell them. They, there is no no in them. The no is gone. It's just all yes, all day, 24 hours a day. They're like, we would like our populations to be like this, but we can't really go out and abuse people individually this would never work and someone said can we use the tv can we kill animals on the tv can we kill humans on the tv can we rape people on the tv they did the experiments in this part of the brain that i already talked about the subconscious doesn't know the difference between real life imagined thought and screen time so what the average person doesn't know and the, the, the reason they're giving a yes when they're supposed to be saying a no is because they don't understand that their TV was a bona fide and documented military weapon and it's being used and it has been used for decades to make sure there's killing on Netflix and serial killers on Netflix, slashers and raping and violence and war and invisceration and everything that the individual trauma victim saw in real life 
they're putting on the screen as a repetitive theme and traumatizing over and over and over again the multiple generations. So what they've produced are third generation monarch mind control victims that they don't care about mind control other than that person gives a yes Mm-hmm. to anything asked of them so the reason so many canadians and americans and europeans are saying yes when they're supposed to be giving a no like you you got to give a no when the government takes someone's bank account because mm-hmm. what happens to one will happen to all when my friend was fired from the hospital for not taking the medicine they stole his unemployment benefits mm-hmm. because they said you cannot get it that's theft he already paid for that. That's his property. That's his, he owns that. Mm-hmm. And when the government tries to take your property and all these trauma victims say, that's okay, go get them. Well, then the government, you don't know the government's going to come around to all the pensioners and say, we don't right. have enough to pay you. We're going to steal your pensions now. Well, you just did an invisible contract by cheering on that guy, mm-hmm. cheering right. on the theft of his unemployment insurance. So what's happening is that all the movies and TV shows have been perp- same group, same group controlling all of this. They've made the TV shows and the movies purposely traumatic. John Wick 1, John Wick 2, John Wick 3, Equalizer 1, Equalizer 2, everything on Netflix, uh, Jeff Bundy, or you know, the all these serial killer movies. Every and don't forget, when you watch a serial killer movie and someone even describes the killing, the people who rule you know you you're running the film. Like, even if they don't show the mayhem in Jeffrey Dahmer's house, if someone describes it, you're proven to make it a picture in your own mind's eye. That's why Mm -hmm. they call it the mind's eye, because whether you see out of your two eyes or see out of the mind's eye, you're still getting programmed with that trauma-based mind control. Yeah, but how does anybody avoid this, Jay? That's the whole thing. It's obviously shutting off the TV or just not watching Netflix, but it's just become the norm to do these things. And I wonder even just with myself, Jay, I've done, I'd like to think a lot of work on myself over the last time uh, that we spoke. I'd always consider myself to be an open person. I don't know how awake I was necessarily enough uh, to have a conversation with you. Uh, But there were a lot of things that you highlighted during our last podcast, which I strongly suggest people uh, check out. That's on a little bit more of a lower common denominator. Uh, to where it really did open up my mind to the things that I'm watching. I can't even tell you, Jay, I don't watch a lot of movies, um, but I turn a lot of them off immediately. (laughs) I I kind of see where they're going, and I'm like, I'm not going to put that in my brain. Or if I do decide to watch something, if I do take that moment, I'm watching very openly to the content that I'm allowing uh, into my brain. Now, I would say that I'm one of the few, because we're talking about you know, billions upon billions of dollars, trillions maybe, like just accumulated over time uh, to that they pour into these programs to get into That's people's true. brains. So like, what what do you do? It's it's the coffee, it's the food, it's the movies, it's the music, it's everything, it's all around you. How can one not be influenced or how could one even notice that maybe they are being played with? Well, I mean, if you're not happy with your life, You're probably playing out a lot of these programs. If you're overweight, if you're sick, if you're on medication, if you're depressed, 
you're going to be giving, you know, you're going to be living out a lot of these programs, but it's just a general weakening. What they're, what they're trying to do is this great weakening because whatever experiment or mind control experiment I'm talking about, it's all about making the person so weak they can't say no. Mm. And all you really have to do, like, what do you do to stop this? Well, you're going to have to improve your strength. Mm. And you could pick anywhere. You go to bed on time. You could get up on time. You could work out. You could drink more water. You get a water filter. You could shut off the TV. Like if you watch four hours of TV a night, go down to two hours. Mm. If you, you know, smoke cigarettes, try and find some organic tobacco. If you drink vodka, try and buy some organic vodka. At least you're decreasing the chemicals that are there and the substances and the activities and the services designed to weaken you. And as your strength starts to come up, you'll feel the, the benefits of the strength and you'll get addicted to the strength increases and you'll know that your strength increase euphoria is related to how much of the weakening agenda you dismiss or reject outright. So you can just start to tip the tables a little bit in your favor. Yes, coffee is extremely toxic. To be honest with you, if they've tested the coffee, it traumatizes your nervous system all on its own. It gives sort of the same effect as high-end trauma because it's a, it, caffeine is a poison. I mean, the caffeine is not a coffee plant is, isn't the only plant that produces caffeine. It uses it to kill bugs. And it uses it to kill other plants that grow around the coffee plant so it can get more sunshine. It, it's a poison. So when you poison yourself, you're all, all, also getting this fear response. And they're very interested in the fear response, the same fear response that you get from sort of someone attacking you, which is very traumatic, which will make you say uh, yes when you're supposed to say no. It's the same fear response that gets elicited when you drink coffee. Who knew? Who knew? But they know because that's all they do is this, they experiment in this realm. So whether it's coffee, alcohol, vaping, marijuana, junk food, uh, you know, candy, take out food on a Friday night, just start to dissipate the poisoning. Like if you're poisoning yourself by your own hand, which about 50% of Canadians did from 2020 to right now is only about 50. There's sort of fibbing, fudging the numbers a little bit to make you think it's in the majority for trigger that part of the brain that you got to gallop into the majority. But uh, just understand that the mind control is, yeah, you love coffee. They've tricked you into loving poison. You're under mind control. You're poisoning yourself by your own hand. Alcohol is a poison. I mean, there's alcohol poisoning as an official diagnosis if someone passes away. There's no cauliflower poison. And when someone goes and wants to maybe commit suicide in a movie, you see them go to the medicine cabinet and like any bottle or any, it, it'll, it'll do, it, you, it's poison. No one goes to the organic crisper in the fridge and tries to down four heads of organic cauliflower <laughs> because it's not poison. So if you're poisoning yourself by your own hand, number one, you're under mind control because the repetitive messaging throughout your youth, whether it was Doogie Howser MD or ER with George Clooney or Grey's Anatomy or ask your doctor as a phrase on the end of 
every single pharmaceutical commercial or that doctors are really smart or you know they take the most education and this th these are the people we have to honor in our society all this repetitive content is all manufactured purposely to make you poison yourself by your own hand. And if you can't stop, like if you can't stop poisoning yourself, uh, don't feel bad because a lot of people can't. Understand that's how thick and strong mind control is, is that when you're going to put down the coffee or put down the wine, your subconscious has scanned the environment to say you're in the minority. And if you've never made that transition from child to adult, you don't know how to be strong by yourself. Mm -hmm. That's the key. So if you don't know how to be strong by yourself, because you never had the proper, proper rite, rite of passage, I traveled to Mexico by myself. I came in by myself. I did the proper rite of passage a long time ago. I'm not taking the shot. I'm not going to poison myself by my hand, minority, minority, minority. But again, like that 14 year old in Sparta that went out, I learned through the school of hard knocks how to be myself without the help of the tribe. And it's helped me become a millionaire. It's helped me become independent. It's helped me become healthy. Because if you want to be the best on all levels, they're all small tribes, the rich tribe, small tribe. Healthy tribe, small tribe. They're all small tribes. Intellectual, very small tribe. Speak out in social media, very small tribe. I'm in all the small tribes. Why? Because I've learned to be an adult. That's what I've learned. I, I don't need the tribe to back me up to feel safe. So if anybody's out there who is afraid to stop poisoning themselves by their own hand, they're afraid to stop running with the herd, the consensus trance or the bigger herd, even though the herd's going for the cliff and they're all overweight and depressed, taking all these meds. They got arthritis and diarrhea, Crohn's, colitis, migraines. And that, if that's your tribe, if that, and that's the tribe, that's the biggest tribe in our society, you're going to feel nervous neurologically stepping out of it. And if you don't know how, where that fear comes from, like if you, if you put down a glass of wine in a party and not drink when everybody else is drinking, you better know where that nervous feeling comes from. Mm. It's your body trying to make you blend in with an activity that makes your life worse. Yes. That's where you consciously have to interfere and say, thank you for your service and your warning system out of love, trying right. to make me fit in. But right. I'm going to steer the boat from here. I'm going to know the herd pressure that you try and put on me to be mm -hmm. a loyal member of the cult, the wine cult, the coffee cult, the medical cult, the vax cult. But I'm, it's not going to make my life better. So I'm not going to trade in. I'm not going to produce my worst life mm -hmm. trying to fit into the cult. Right. Not going to yeah. do it. So that's, that's really... Yeah, Powerful. I hope that makes some sense. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense because even just more recently, I have cut back my alcohol consumption, and I didn't drink a, a whole bunch before, and I'd say I'd still cut it back dramatically. And the amount of pressure there is, the peer pressure to have a drink, is incredible. To say that you don't want to have a drink, it's ah, oh, come on, you know, it's it's just one. Right. Don't don't say no. There's this. Um, it's just uh, just trying to come up with the word for it exactly. But um, one drink isn't going to kill you. 
one drink isn't going to kill you. Right. And it just makes me feel so small to have to say no. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, it shrinks me. It shrinks me that it makes me want to just go along with with the herd. And obviously, that's what probably makes it so difficult for people to stop drinking as a whole. Not to mention that it's just lambasted everywhere. You can't look anywhere uh, without seeing alcohol. Now, Jay, I'm really, I'm really interested to ask you this, this one question, because I, I don't know this part about your journey, is that what had you kind of give your head a shake and say like, okay, like this, this isn't real. I'm being manipulated and I want to help other people, including myself, get out of this vicious circle. Well, for me, it's kind of funny because there was no great awakening. There, there was some pain tolerance issues with being a member of the cult. Okay. So all the repetitive imagery was around partying and getting to the top of the corrupt ruling pyramid where all the hot ladies were where i could boogie all night and you know party all night <laughs> and we've all wanted to get up there it looks like so much fun right mm -hmm. and we're always looking for fun in this fun society fun is the opposite of education and sa uh, safety really so i was up there seeking all this fun and be between the cocaine and the steroids and the junk food and you know the the women that would come along with that kind of lifestyle i hit rock bottom hmm. and i i just crawled along the rock bottom there was no rebound effect <laughs> so basically my chin was only like basically i was sucking the swamp water for so long at the bottom of human existence i just said there's got to be a better way and I was, I found that I had this program to kill myself, which isn't really uh, strange because of all the programming we do get about, you know, poison's our friend and mm -hmm. our body's just a carnival ride. And we got to extract as much fun out of our carnival ride as possible with all these chemicals. So I just said to myself, look, what? let's take the foundational premise that you're trying to kill yourself. Say, okay. That's something I'm used to. And my body says, instead of killing yourself with all these chemicals, why don't you just stop all that stuff and then try to kill yourself in business? Like stay up really early, get up really early, go to bed really late and just try and make all this money and see if you can parlay your sort of your death wish into some financial abundance. And then you can just kind of have uh, like a little experiment. And I said, okay, I'll, t I'll take that on. <laughs> so I quit all that stuff over time. And I tell people, when you quit this, you will go back to beating yourself up with the whack-a-mole mallet. The, the, the winning is about progress. Longer and longer durations outside the action of hurting yourself. Okay. So I used to drink martinis weekly and then it became every month and then every three months. And so I would get farther and farther away from my addictions. And then once I started to get away from the addictions, my power really started to up level and vector skyward. And then I said, oh, this, oh, I feel so much powerful, so much more powerful. And I'm getting like all these ideas were flooding into me, great business ideas, um, that sort of strength. It was like that rite of passage. I was willing to stand in the smaller group and take the attack 
do the proper rite of passage from child to adult. And then I really started to say, well, I'm so close. Why don't I just go for my best life? Mm. I'm starting to really make some money now. My health is getting a lot better because I got rid of the cocaine and the steroids and the alcohol and all the junk food. I got rid of all that stuff. I'm all, I'm so close. Maybe I could do a life by design, make it stop working as much, try and tailor the business to maybe make three times as much and work half the time, go for that next. And that's, that's what I did. And I make that dream come true as well. Oh, that's fantastic. And yeah, so that's, that, it's just know that it's about progress, ladies and gentlemen, not perfection. Okay. And now someone's looking to make some progress in the self-sabotage space. Where can they find you? Well, they can, they can, e it's best to email me at J uh, Jason at freedom from com. I can give you some free information, put you on my email. I send out something called the Christoph report about three to five times a week and give you a little hints because I'm, I'm against operation weakening the weakening agenda. I want to make you stronger because, you know, the world doesn't give me any joy if I go out and everybody's weak. It's like a Bergen, Bergen town from the movie, The Trolls. That doesn't make me happy that I'm making it and everybody else is in a wheelchair or crippled or not happy or depressed. I want to make as many people as possible empowered by getting rid of the things that weaken them. So I'll do that on the Kristoff report. And then you can learn about my programs throughout a couple of weeks here and there. I do have some free events coming up as well, but you got to be on my email list. I'm doing a free self-sabotage seminar on relationship-based sabotage, where people mm -hmm. are too afraid to commit to love or commit to monogamy uh, because of the various repetitive imprints and all our access to porn and the repetitive Im imprints that are pretty well anti-male and pro-single female. There's many factors that are involved when people are single and depressed these days. Right. And uh, I'll be giving that free talk somewhere in April. Okay. And Jay has a fantastic podcast as well. And one of the things that I like that you do the most would be the breakdowns of movies. And so for people that aren't all that sure, like what they're watching, you just get this pure entertainment value. You might start seeing it from a slightly, just a slightly different perspective if you hear Jason Christoph's take. So Jason, thank you once again uh, for popping in here on the Launchpad podcast. Uh, I'm going to make sure that all his information is in the description below. And until next time, you take care, be well, and love simply because you can.